Parental involvement is important because the data shows that when parents are involved, it decreases students' behavior, it increases students' academics, because both the parent and the teacher are there advocating for the student. The parents know that the teacher cares and the teacher knows that the parent cares. It's a better outcome for the student. Welcome to COE Connections, the SDSU College of Education Research and Scholarship podcast series. I'm your host, Rachel Hain Schlegel. I'm the Associate Dean for Research in the College of Education and an Associate Professor of Child and Family Development here at San Diego State University, a Hispanic-serving institution on the land of the Kumeyaay. This is our fifth episode of the series, and I'm joined today by Dr. Regina Brandon. Regina is an Associate Professor of Special Education at San Diego State and Coordinator of the Mild Moderate Disabilities Program. She's a former classroom teacher for students with mild to moderate disabilities. Her research agenda includes the role of parental involvement on the academic success of culturally and linguistically diverse students with disabilities and the successful inclusion of students with disabilities into the general education classroom. She currently leads international study abroad programs to provide students with global cultural experiences. Welcome, Regina. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. And before we get started, I want to mention I'm in my office in Lambden Hall. Where are you today? Uh, I'm actually at home in my home office. So. Nice. Yes. And nice to have that flexibility. Yes. So, um, Okay, I have a few questions prepared to ask you, and we'll see mm -hmm. how this goes. My first question is, why do you study what you do? And that's actually a really good question. Um, and I'm going to come from a part, and it's, it's, there are two points to this. The first one is personal, and the second part is professional, okay? And so growing up in a public school system and having parents or my mother that was actually involved and in some of the struggles that she had being a parent of color and trying to fit in and do the right things within the public school system sometimes was a struggle. As I transitioned myself into being a teacher, I started seeing some of the same situations that had happened when I many, many years ago when I was a classroom teacher myself, where trying to figure out why is it that certain parents don't feel comfortable coming into the school system and participating the best. And when I say participating, that's abroad because there's just no one way that a parent can participate. But we do know, and the research shows that when parents are involved in their kids' education, when the school system sets avenues for parents to be involved in the school system, the students actually perform better in school. The schooling system is a better place. And so as I was teaching myself, I was wondering, why is it that some parents, there are some parents that were there all the time, but there were parents, mainly Black or African-American parents and Spanish-speaking parents that just struggled to fit into the schooling system. And so I started asking myself the question, is it generational or is it cultural? And so as I started thinking about these, I decided that this would be my area of research is to try to figure out why is it that some parents feel comfortable coming to the school and other 
have issues. And I wanted to ask the question, is it cultural or is it the schooling system that's preventing them from being a part of the system? Well, I would love to hear your thoughts on like what you've learned so far. I mean, my Mm -hmm. guess would be it's probably a bit of both. It, It actually is a bit of both. And especially with our Black or African American parents, where when we talk about generational and we know the the school system, schooling in the schooling system has not been fair. I know a lot of time we talk about the importance of Brown versus the Board of Education. And on one hand, it was good, but we also have to really stop and think about some of the tragedies that came out of that as it relates to Black teachers, Black principals, Black administrators. And so some of that is generational. On the other hand, uh, working with some of my Latino families, I've learned that theirs is more cultural because they actually feel, and this is what some parents have told me, that they feel that if they're there, they're interfering, that, that they have such faith in the educational system and the ability of teachers to do what's right by their kids that they prefer to step back. What's really interesting here is that we're starting to see some of these tides change, especially with more by Latino families, where they're actually knowing the importance of being involved and getting in there and making sure that their kids are having their needs met. That is, that's wonderful to hear. Mm -hmm. It's not common these days that we hear about things that are kind of Mm -hmm. getting better in our educational system more broadly. Can you describe an example of the impact that your work has had on the community? Having the opportunity to uh, speak with and collect data from parents across the board gives me also the opportunity to talk to these parents. It also allows me to take my results into the classrooms, into my classes where I teach students on the importance of making sure that parents feel welcome in the classrooms and in the schooling system. We know that the majority of teachers are middle-class white females, and a lot of these teachers come from different backgrounds and speak different languages than the students that they are responsible for educating. And so hopefully through my work, these teachers have a clearer understanding of the importance because we talk about these unconscious biases. We all have them, but when you're in the classroom and you're working with someone that's coming from a different background than you, you don't want those biases to turn into microaggressions, which can then turn into racism and cause other issues. So just making sure that the students within my classes understand the importance of parental involvement. You know, we try to come up with strategies for including parents, reaching out to parents. Really interesting, one of the common comments that I get from parents is that phone call home, that when the phone rings and it's the school, they don't wanna pick up because they know that it's the the school or it's the teacher calling not to say something nice or good about their kid. And so I'm like, if you are a teacher and you can't find the good in a student, regardless of, you know, if it's a behavior issue, if it's a learning difficulties, then that's a problem within itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I was so struck looking at the article and talking about the grant that you that you wanted me to sort of get to review as part of kind of getting to know your work in preparation mm-hmm. for this episode. And really, you know, what you just talked about, I also saw and was struck by the dual impact that you're having through the teacher preparation work mm-hmm. that you're doing. And mm-hmm. you talked, we talked in a, about the um the garden plot project mm-hmm. that you and Dr. Stella Chiswick 
connected that brought together gen ed and special ed student teachers or teachers in preparation. And I want you to talk about that for a second. And I also just want to point out that your your scholarly work is also bringing tools that the whole community can use beyond the the students that you're preparing the parent reflection questionnaire I thought mm-hmm. was so cool as a very concrete tool that teachers can use to really mm-hmm. get to know each parent you can use it um, quickly or you can use it in depth mm-hmm. depending on sort of mm-hmm. what where you are and how many mm-hmm. kids you have et cetera et cetera so I yeah. I'm just really struck by both the work you're doing in teacher preparation and your scholarly work and mm-hmm. the tools that yeah. you are putting out into the field. And so I want to give you an opportunity to talk about those things as yeah. well, if you'd like. It's quite interesting because sometimes all a parent needs is to know that there's someone or a teacher that cares about their kids by reaching out, because we know that parents know their kids better than we do as educators, we do. But just reaching out and asking basic questions about that student can make, about that child or that parent's child can make a world of difference. I just think that it's really important that pre-service teachers are prepared to really address the needs of, of the families. If it's a family that doesn't speak the same language, the same background, the same culture, the same skin color, we hope that we're preparing teachers to address um, all of these needs. As far as with the garden plot, that was a project that I worked on with Dr. Chiswick, which I'm really, really happy about. If you go to IDEA, which is the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, it states that students must be educated in what we call the least restrictive environment. For many students with mild to moderate disabilities, that least restricted environment is the general education classroom if they could have their needs met there. And so basically what we did is we put together this project where uh, general education pre-service teachers and special education pre-service teachers had the opportunity to go through the program together, basically creating parity between the two units. There was a school district that was very instrumental in helping us put this together. We were able to have the the students from teacher ed and students from special ed actually go through their student teaching experience together. They were able to um, plan together. They were able to learn together. And they were also able to take a course at the university together, a literacy course, which was co-taught by someone from special education and someone from teacher ed. So the students got the opportunity to see how important these collaborations are from the university down to the uh, school level, because what's happening is usually students get the classroom, general education students or teacher ed, they get to school and they realize that they have students with disabilities in their classrooms, mainly usually centered around literacy but they haven't had the opportunity to really explore or learn the strategies or methods within their teaching credential program. And so this gave them the opportunity to really come together and work. It was really nice because we know that it can work, but it took a lot of work. There were students from the dual language department that was a part. So it was all three departments, teacher ed, Uh, special ed, and the dual language department. So the chairs all agreed that we would allow these students to come together and work together and cooperate together. They were able to plan together. They were able to do what we call um, 
PLCs where they're able to come together, professional learning uh, communities, and discuss the students. If I had, if if it's a student in the general education classroom and they're struggling, they could really come together and especially ed teachers could give them some strategies. The same with students from the dual language department. So the project was really amazing. Um, it took a lot of work to get it going. Uh, it took a lot of belief from the chairs of the three departments to get it done. And it definitely because of the district commitment, um, and that was within La Mesa Spring Valley School District, that they were, um, they bought into this and they were able to um, really come together. They found the principals that were uh, inter interested in allowing these collaborations to take place on their campuses. And so it worked out really well. That is just so amazing. And also, in some ways, you know, as I'm, I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking, this sounds like this would be how we want teacher preparation to happen. Yes. You know, my heart's a little sad that the teacher preparation isn't already happening like this because mm -hmm. there's so many students with disabilities, disabled students in every classroom, you know, across the country. And mm -hmm. to to have the training happening in these silos is such mm -hmm. a, a missed yeah. opportunity to benefit both the teachers and the mm -hmm. students and families. And we talk about students with uh, learning disabilities or students with disabilities, but having these collaborations also allow students, which we consider to be lower achievers, they may not qualify under IDEA as a student with a learning disability, but they, they are still maybe struggling in some areas. And so having these teachers in the classroom together is also important because it would be great if we could make sure we're addressing the needs of all of these students, including those students that are identified as just low achieving students or students who are struggling. Yeah, yeah, wow. So I now I wanna ask you, what do you struggle with the most in studying your area? So I'll, the first part would be the parents. I'll go there and just getting parents to know that you're coming from a good place, know that you have their best interest at heart, because it, when you're going out and you're trying to talk to parents and you, you want parents to participate in the study, a lot of times because parents have had such negative experiences with the school system, they're reluctant to be willing to participate in some of these surveys. One of the way I just recently collected some data at a middle school here, and it was for parents of kids with disabilities. I'm in the process of getting that data analyzed, but I was able to collaborate with a parent advocacy at that school. And so through that parent advocate, I was able to get in and speak with the parents and but just getting in and having the, because the, parent, the parents at the school trusted the advocate. And so through that, he was able to bring me in and we were able to um, collect that parent data, which was, is really vital as we're moving forward. Yeah, trust is so important. Mm -hmm. And there's so many experiences that have mm -hmm. many parents, especially parents of color, have had that break trust or, yes, or do the opposite of building trust. So that seems yeah. like a really big challenge for and you. And that's what I call generational distrust. It's, mm -hmm. it's not an, it's nothing new. It's been around. And as far as with the, um, we know what we need to do to make sure that teachers are prepared. As far as the collaboration, uh, there's so much, I don't want to say politics, but it's, it's a lot that goes into making a project like uh, the garden plot happens. 
But I'm hopeful that eventually this will be a common practice within teacher education programs. In California, maybe about 20 years ago, you had to have a uh, before a special education was just an add on credential. So the teachers were actually prepared, maybe a little longer than 20 years ago, to address the needs of both. So it was teachers, they would get their general ed credential and then they wanted to add on their special ed credential. So they had the training in both, but because of shortages, they end up breaking them apart. And so now many, you either get one or the other, um, which I'm okay with, but we just have to make sure that everyone is prepared to address those unique needs of students within their care. Gosh, those unintended consequences, right? Of trying yes. to address this shortage means yeah. differences in, in background and training that yes. can have real impacts on kids learning. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Okay, my last question for you is, so I'm a clinical psychologist. So, and also I actually just want to say that that I haven't had I haven't said this before during our our conversation today and I really wanted to make sure I said this is that your work is so close to my passions around parent and caregiver involvement in services mm -hmm. for kids. And I yes. really it's just been so wonderful to to read about your work and to talk to you about mm -hmm. the work that you do in the educational setting. I haven't really had many opportunities to, to dive into the scholarly work in the area of parent mm -hmm. involvement in education. And I personally think that the work that you do is so incredibly important for children's lives. So I'm a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. And so my um, I'm going to ask you a question that's kind of like a therapy question in a way. Mm -hmm. So if I could wave a magic wand and make the school system the way that you want it to act or make mm -hmm. teacher preparation the way you want it to be, what would that look like? Well, um, that's such a great, great question. <laughs> and so um, the first thing that we need to do is to address the teacher shortage. OK, across the board, across the country. To me, I feel that it's the uh, civil rights issue of our time that we don't have enough teachers and teachers to address and to educate our students. We do know that when as it relates to students with disabilities and students uh, of color, a lot black African-American students, the major these students are more likely to be to have a teacher that is not a credentialed teacher educating them. That's a major problem. And so if I could wave my magic wand and said, like, we're going to really address some of the issues as it relates to the educational system, I think that the federal government needs to step in. We need to figure out what we can do to make sure that teachers are prepared. Uh, we need to make sure that teachers are able to live in and afford to live in and house in the communities that they teach in, it's a serious problem. And I don't like to use, I was just having this discussion with someone and they said, do you think that we're losing the educational fight? And I don't wanna say yes, but we do have some issues. And it's just not taking place in California. It is really across the country. And then on top of that, if we, we're talking about, we talk about how Brown versus the Board of Education focused on access, but what about equity? Is access enough uh, if equity is not involved? And even just thinking about what happened in general with kids during the pandemic. But when you talk about the services that were lost during that time where kids did not have their needs being addressed, 
was a major issue. With that being said, my idea number one is we need to try to get a hold on what's taking place with the, the numbers as it relates to teachers. Um, making sure that teachers are prepared to address the needs of all students. We need to definitely focus on recruiting culturally and linguistically diverse teachers. We know the research has shown that when kids see a teacher that looked like them by the third grade, the likelihood of them going and graduating from college is amazing. And so, but these kids are not seeing teachers that look like them. And so we need to address those issues and just make sure that when we talk about equity, the resources are there, the teachers, credential teachers are there. A lot of people say, oh, it's the communities. No, the school is what makes the community. If you go into a community where the schools are thriving, regardless of the socioeconomic statuses, what you see is a lot of pride. And we know that it happens. Uh, Dr. Johnson's program shows that you can go into these schools and that teachers are doing some amazing, amazing things. But one thing for sure, I mean, you can't do amazing things if you don't have teachers in the classroom who are prepared to address the needs of all their students. Well, awesome. I just want to say real quick for, for our listeners that Dr. Johnson, we were referring to Dr. Joe Johnson and yes. we're referring to the um, NCUS, the National NCUS, Center for yes. Urban School Transformation. Yes, yes. So yes his work yes. is phenomenal and, and yes. colleagues there. Well, thank you so much, Regina, for taking time to talk with me. I really, really enjoyed hearing about your work and um, and also just sort of experiencing the, the passion that you have for your work and mm-hmm. um, the, hearing about the impact that you're having on thank both you. the systems and the community in a broader way. Thank you. 